Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. Hey, I hope you're enjoying your 4th of July weekend. I can't wait to light up some fireworks and have some barbecue and have a great time with my wife, with my three kids, and our two French Bulldogs, which we love very much. However, the other day, I wanted to completely get rid of these dogs. I wanted to get them out of my house because when we had stepped out, they somehow were able to get... Uh, some ink cartridges that we had bought to add to our printer at home because my daughter loves to print full color pictures that she downloads from the internet and uh, she runs through the ink. I had to tell her, honey, these things cost a lot of money. And so we ordered the backup and because I had said, hey, these things cost a lot of money, um, she's like, well, they're not completely empty. We have to use them until they're empty. So we left them on top of the table. We go out, and when we come back, the dogs had found the ink cartridges. They had put them on our couch and started eating them. These things popped. We got home, and the dogs were different colors. There's huge stains on the couch, and we were heartbroken. We were heartbroken. We loved our couches. We love our living room. Everybody that comes to our house would say, oh, you have such nice furniture, And so immediately my wife and the kids and everybody started scrubbing the couch, trying to do whatever we could to get this ink out of our beautiful gray couch. And it didn't matter how hard we tried. It didn't work. We, we couldn't get it out and now we're, we're trying to hide it and we're, we're throwing things on top of it, pillows and stuff to hide these stains, but the stains are still there. Has that ever happened to you in your life? Maybe there is an actual stain. You're going to have an interview. Maybe you went to lunch and had a meatball sub and a little bit of that marinara sauce got on your shirt or your tie or your blouse or, or maybe it's something in your life. Maybe there's something in your life right now that you wish you could get rid of. It could be a blemish. It could be a past mistake. It could be some kind of sin that you're dealing with, an addiction, a problem that you have in your life. And it doesn't matter how hard you try, how hard you pray, that thing just doesn't go away and it frustrates you. It even makes you mad at God and you ask God, God, why is this happening to me again? Why do I have this pain in my life? Why do I have this constant problem, this reoccurring nightmare in my life? It could be frustrating. I know what it's like and I don't want to simplify it by comparing it to a stain on my couch because as a human, as a regular guy, I have struggled with things too. Things that I haven't been able to completely get rid of in my life. And so our question today is what does God have to say about the problems that we face in life? In the book of James chapter 1, it says this, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Stop there with me. Doesn't that sound like completely crazy? When problems, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it a time for joy. That's not what what we've learned. That's not how we operate. That isn't even the way we react when troubles come our way. When we see trouble coming, we start complaining. We start running. We start trying to shift blame and, and, and blame someone else for the things that are happening in our life. But why 
does God tell us here in James chapter 1? Consider it an opportunity for joy. Well, let's keep reading. It says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Isn't that incredible? If we would just allow the season of life that we're in, this season of trouble that we're in to create endurance in our life, to learn from it. Could it be that the reason that you're struggling with the same thing over and over again is because you've never taken the time to learn why is this happening? Is there anything that I could pull from this to strengthen me, to make me stronger? The other day, my 12-year-old and my 14-year-old boy came up to me and said, Papi, uh, we want to start doing weights. We want to start working out. And so I had to get the dust and, and stuff off some of the workout equipment that we had in our garage. And, and we started working out. And I haven't seen much change in me. But the other day when we were uh, at the beach, man, I noticed that my boys are looking a little more muscular. In the beginning, they were complaining. In the beginning, uh, they would say, do we really have to do it again? Why? I even heard them talking amongst themselves. It's like, why do we ask Poppy to, <laughs> to work out with him? But hey, I'm seeing the change in them, and hopefully soon uh, I'll start seeing change in me. But that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here, is when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for joy. Because when we grow from the pain that we're in, we will see how our faith begins to develop. How next time we're going through a difficult season in life, we aren't complaining as, as much, but we're drawing closer to God. And, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit right now. You know, I talked about going to the beach and we were at the beach a couple of weeks ago because a couple of our friends invited us to go to the Keys, to meet up with them in the Keys. And we spent three days in the pool in the ocean, having a great time from the moment we woke up to right around dinner time, just in the sun, having a great relaxing time. And as soon as we got home, everyone that saw us would say, man, you guys have been out in the sun. Man, you guys got a great tan. It must have been super fun. You guys must have had a great time. Where did you go? Oh, we were in the Keys. Oh, you went to the Keys. Did you go fishing? Did you go snorkeling? Where'd you go? Where did you stay? Just because they laid eyes on us. Man, wouldn't it be amazing if our life, if the way that we live, the way that we go about life, when people see us, they could say, man, you look like you've been spending time with God. You look like, like, man, you look amazing. You look like someone that has peace. You look like someone who has it together. You look like someone who is joyful, who is strong, who is certain of the steps and the decisions that he makes in life. You see, that's what nearness to God creates in us. That's what it reproduces in us. It gives us endurance. It gives us a chance to grow. But that is not the way I am many times. And that is probably not the way that you are many times. And, and I want to challenge you with this is don't let your pain define you. Don't let your struggle define you. And, and, and I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit on that. Think about people that you know, people that you know that have a struggle, people that you know that have gone through a sickness. What happens? 
You say, oh, that's my friend Maria. She had breast cancer. Oh, that, that's my friend Joey. He's an alcoholic. Oh, that's my uncle Joe or my uncle Tom or whatever your uncle's name is. He has an anger problem. We describe people by the issues that they've had in life, by the faults that they have in life, by the struggles that they have. But today, in Jesus' name, I challenge you to not allow your struggle to define you, but that you would be defined by your relationship with God. That when people set eyes on you the way they they did to me and my wife and my kids when we came back from the Keys and they said, oh, you must have been out in the sun. That when your friends and your family and your coworkers and the people you go to school with, when they see you, they would say, hey, you must have been spending time with God because you look more like God. You're not being defined by your addiction. You're not being defined by your challenges in life, by your struggle. You're learning from your struggle. You're finding joy in your struggle. You're drawing closer to God and the power of God and the radiance of God and the glory of God is what is defining you. I'm remembering as I'm speaking now in the book of Exodus, When Moses comes from the mountain and he had spent time with God, people said that he was glowing because the glory of God was shining through him. My friends, we will change the environments that we walk into if we would be bold enough and disciplined enough. When troubles come, draw closer to God. When good times happen in our life, I am going to draw closer to God. To God. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he's struggling with what he calls a thorn in his flesh. Some people say it could have been a disease. It could have been a sickness. Some people say that maybe it was people that were persecuting him. And he prayed three times for God to take this thorn away from him, to take this problem away from him. And God replied to him and check out what he said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says this, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power is works best in weakness. When we're tired, when we're lonely, when we are sad, that's when we need to draw closer to God. That's when we need to seek Him more because He is our solution. He is the answer to every problem that you have. And the greatest thing about God is that He will never let you down. There's one thing that I learned back when I was in school, in college, in high school, middle school, elementary school, all throughout my schooling was this, is that when I finished the test, I was always happy that the test was over. The only way to get through the test that you're going in through in life is to finish the test. You have to finish the test. And some people are still in the test because instead of trying to finish it, we rather complain about it. We rather post like dumb things on social media like, oh my gosh, bah humbug. My life is terrible. You can't trust anyone. You can't love anyone. Everybody in the end backstabs you. All these passive aggressive posts that people put online. Hey, instead of doing that, draw near to God. Instead of doing that, seek God. Instead of doing that, remember what God said to the Apostle Paul, my power is best in weakness and my grace is all that you need. The grace of God is all that you need, that God loves you and find assurance and strength 
in those moments of your life. You see, one thing that people didn't notice when I got back from the Keys, yeah, I had a, a great suntan, but my hair was a mess. My beard that I like to keep nice and trimmed was all grown out. I, I hadn't shaved for four days, all right? Nobody noticed any of my flaws at that moment. The overarching thing was that I had spent a lot of time in the sun. Once you draw close to God, once you seek God in every situation of your life, there is a promise that those things that bother us, those things that weigh us down become dim because he is so bright. He is so great. There's this song, this old hymn that I love that's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And one of the parts says this, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full at his wonderful face. And when you do that, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. And that is my prayer for you today. Hey, wherever you are today, I wanna to tell you that Jesus loves you. And I wanna challenge you to make a decision today, one, to hand over your problems to him. He said, come to me, are you tired? Are you heavy laden? Do you have a big burden on your back? I wanna give you rest. Let Jesus give you rest today. And all you need to do is pray a prayer like the one that I'm gonna lead you in right now, where you recommit your life to him, where you, some of you give your life to him for the very first time. Would you pray with me? Would you close your eyes and repeat this after me? Say, dear God, I come to you today and I say, I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made, for the sins that I've committed. I give you my life. I give you everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.